broods and spruettes, children and boys of, and girls of all ages, <laughs> welcome to the one and only Turped Under Plastic. The podcast for the miniature hobby enthusiast. Bowen saw is ready. I'm Scott. Joining me today is my co-host Johnson. Bon Bon Saw. Bon Saw. You get the reference? Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, he got one. I do know some movies. (laughs) It only took about 14 months of podcast, but we got a (laughs) reference. Yes, up in this biz. All right, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing a little bit more wakey wake than you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I played a lot of video games last night and did not go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed at a reasonable hour. And yeah, my speech is a little slurred right now. We got the, we got the Dr Pepper out in the morning to get some a little bit of caffeine jet boosters going. Yeah, you get caffeine. Yeah. you get the the tup juice going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The hype is going. Juice. What do, oh. what do we got for preamble ramble? Oh God, we got we got preamble ramble. I, I want to talk about birds real quick. Oh God, okay, okay, so. This has nothing to do with a miniature hobby, but it's a fucking awesome story. <laughs> so I said to Scott just a minute ago, I'm like, I thought of a cool name because we, we think of cool names all the time. Yeah. We don't know what they're for. Yeah. Just for things. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so I thought of Bits Buzzard mm. as I was driving up here. Yeah. Because Bits Buzzard is just a great visual. of the, yeah. the, and We all know a dude, right? Yeah. Also, it's an alliteration, yeah, so it's, it's automatically better. Automatically better. Yeah. The fucking Bits Buzzard is always kind of like, hey, do you have any of these? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a side story about birds. The main story about birds is yesterday I had a doctor's appointment. So I'm driving downtown and in downtown Rochester, we have a pretty big, uh, crow problem in the winter. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird problem to have. Yeah. It's like a horror movie every winter in downtown Rochester, um, where these crows all come in from all over. I don't know where the fuck they come from. They come from all over and they and they roost and they nest and they stay in the downtown area all winter long. So it looks like a horror movie mm. just at any given time, especially around dusk and they all come into the trees so you're like walking out to your car and they're just like everywhere like <laughs> Anyway, two of these sons of bitches, yesterday I'm driving to downtown and they're like doing this mid-air combat, these two crows. And they're I notice as I'm driving because they're coming right above me, right along the road, and I notice them. And then I notice they're not just fighting, they're fighting over something, mm. something big. Yeah. And I didn't know what the fuck it was. And I'm getting really close. They're almost directly above me. And they kind of disentangle themselves as the thing falls. <laughs> and as this is like slow motion falling right in front of my truck as I'm driving, <laughs> a fucking slice of pepperoni pizza falls from the sky. What? They were fighting over a full slice of pepperoni pizza. And you saw it just descend from the from the sky. It just descended from the sky and flopped right on the road, right in front of my truck. What the heck? And I'm like, what is happening? It's a good thing to fight over. It's like, where did they find a full <laughs> uneaten slice of pepperoni pizza? Uh, you know, I, leftovers take out. I don't know, but I'm like, I'd fight over it too, honestly. Yeah. If I'm a crow, yeah. that's yeah, like... Yeah. That's the crow life. Yeah, that's it. And I know one of those two, as soon as I pass by, they're like, meow. They're, <laughs> they're going back down and grab it. So that's the first story of the preamble ramble. That's nothing Hold on. Like how did you say that whole story without saying a murder of crows? Because mm, there was just two. But yeah, there is an awful lot of murders in Rochester yeah, in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Um, I sent you a text the other night. 
and I and I asked you. Uh, oh, is this uh, off topic? Is no, 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 no. This is this is true. Oh, uh, this has to do with uh, from going back to the last uh, podcast episode where I said my wife is trying to kill me yeah. with a three D printer. You just got really low. I'm yeah. kind of like scared. What's yeah. coming next? Like, yeah, well, it's, it's serious. It'll it'll, it's, it'll click real soon. Okay. What the story's about. Okay. So I I bought that air purifier yeah yeah 250 air purifier yeah, so you won't die so i won't die in the next like five years yeah and so i get it running and it's kind of sitting over there right by my 3d printer mm-hmm. being responsible and i had the thought came to my head the other night and i immediately sent you the text because on the air purifier it's got this little cool blue light oh gosh and if the blue light goes purple that means your air quality is compromised and it's going right. to work harder right yeah and so i asked you have you ever really wanted <laughs> To drop a big fart right next to the air purifier and see if it changed it to, to, to toxic levels. <laughs> and my answer was no. <laughs> I'm a normal person. <laughs> Have you tried recently? No, I haven't had a good fart yet. Oh, okay. But it'll happen. Can you just tell when it's brewing inside of you if it's like toxic? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like this is going to poison someone. Yeah. It's like it's a warmth and it's a, it's just almost like this feeling of, uh oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, it goes so it's quickly. concern if it's poo poo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How hilarious would it be if you just <laughs> shat in your air purifier? <laughs> Explain that one to the wife. Uh, <laughs> uh, honey, this oh, one's broken. For science, <laughs> this one's broken. We need a new one. Okay. Preamble, ramble for me. Uh, I played a game of Age of Sigmar. I can definitely see how you would like that game if you played it a lot. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, the more you play it, the more you kind of get your eyes open to little intricacies of it yeah yeah i played against uh dan me and john's favorite manager of the source comic and games um and uh, we played my legion of blood versus his gray water fastness which are a fully converted army and his his whole idea is that they're uh denizens of lamia which is like the original tomb kings but still with like their flesh on and stuff like that um or nakara i can't remember the name of the place where they come from but yeah so like they're all egyptian and like still humanoid and stuff like that and have have skin on their bones um but they're gray water fastness so lots of shooting lots of artillery getting to shoot twice in the first turn um but it was good i ended up pulling a w pulling a w some fucking how yeah uh felt good the best part is this entire game was done with the play-by-play over our group chat Oh yeah, I was like, it was like Vince. Okay, this happened. Not tell me what to do. Not tell me what to do. Uh, yeah, definitely. We got to live it. Yeah, right through you. Well, well that's you, good. You got a battle report. You got a full <laughs> real time battle <laughs> report. Real time. Okay, top of turn two. Here's what's happened. We were pretty nervous. Okay, was, hold on. Can I? I know Dan's gonna listen to this. He's gonna feel. He's gonna feel cheated. That that was not okay. I just t- I told Vince he's playing Greenwater Fastness. What do I gotta know? He told me about the two shooting in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He told me some other things, but then once the game started, it was fucking me and Dan. Yeah. All the way down. Gloves are off. Gloves are off. Yeah. No, there wasn't any like micromanaging going on. It was more, it was the kinds of information that is very important as a player, just like from, you know, from Guild Ball, knowing what your team does really well yeah. should influence how you approach the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you don't just kind of like bring everybody up. And so with turn one, he can just double shoot down your throat kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I only gave him one target to shoot with that, and it was one of the vampire lords and zombie dragons. And he actually managed to get a first turn charge off with no magical spells cast on him, and he uh, he took down some people with him. Yeah. So that was good that he got to do something before just getting blown off to the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got you got to get the bring those 
whiteys down with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They're Egyptians. I don't know. They're whiteys. Well, oh, I, mean, like, I, when the I think cities of Sigmar and all the boxer and everything is always just like a white dude with, yeah. with a feathery hat. Yeah, a Germanic white dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, that was fun. Had a lot of fun. Dan messaged me after that, and he was like, "We should." play more so we can both get better at it because both of us don't really know the rules that well we're not very good at the game and i was mm-hmm. like yeah let's do that it's good it's always good to get reps in and it's even better when getting those reps in equals a victory hell yeah brother i got uh i got another uh, preamble ramble topic here and in, in last week's episode of paint bravely the podcast <laughs> oh yeah yeah i listened to the uh, fucking goobs mcgooberson <laughs> called us out <laughs> when he's like in our last episode, we were kind of fighting over Dark Eldar, both playing Dark Eldar, uh, getting dibs on Dark Eldar. And yeah. he says he's had dibs for far longer. He has. And okay. he has. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You are right, Goobs. I don't have any old Dark Eldar models. Hmm. Um, so he, he got there first. So fine. Take them. But I said I'd, I'd sumo wrestle them. <laughs> oh, sorry, him for dibs. And yeah, I don't know if he said yes or no yet, so we'll have to see about that. Yeah. So I'm willing. On the flip side of the Goobs story, I'm okay with Goobs calling us out there because Goobs helped me out recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I made a big jam boo-boo with my 3D printer. Okay. I kind of broke it. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't break it. I broke a very important part. So in your actually your resin tub or whatever. Oh, you broke the PETG, didn't you? The FEP? Oh, shit. Sorry, FEP. I'm a dumbass. Um, yeah, that. I... I fucked up a print and my own fault very obvious screw up when i the the build plate the last time i used it when i put it back in i didn't tighten it so the build plate when i started the next print it was going up and down and as it hit the resin it would shift and so i paused the print tightened it crossed my finger started the print again yeah uh, when the print was all done, I come in the next morning and, I, and the build plate's all the way up and there's nothing on it. Uh, the first couple layers when that thing wasn't, um, you know, wasn't seated correctly, mm-hmm. it basically cured the resin to the FEP. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I can try to fix this. I'm like I can try to scrape it off and yeah. pop it off, yeah. but you need something pretty sharp to do that. And in doing that, I cut right through the shit. <laughs> Yeah. So he gave me the the heads up on where to get this stuff wholesale from, like a manufacturer, the FEP. Oh, didn't the the one you got didn't come with extra FEPs? Oh. No, I mean there's a good chance it did, and I didn't. Oh, okay. And I threw it the away. one that they sent me came with one extra one, and I I also had to replace it as well, um, and I just used that one. But where'd you find yours? Um, it's a manufacturing company, and I can't remember what it's called. We can I can get you the link, and we can put it in the description below. But for the cost of one replacement. Uh, FEP sheet of the correct size. I got a three foot by three foot roll. Oh, nice <laughs> for the same cost. And the shipping was ridiculous. I ordered it on like a Tuesday morning, and it was there Thursday morning at my doorstep. Dang! Like, what the hell? Okay. So Goobs helped me out there, and he and he sent me the link to the video that any cubic put out on how to replace it, with and like it's a, clutch with the bottle cap. With the bottle cap, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> mind blown yeah. and it worked perfectly yeah. it took a long time because there's seventy thousand screws oh my in that gosh thing. so many screws yeah uh, it's nuts yeah but it worked i did a print sense and it came out perfectly so nice so you can have your dalek eldar goobs because i i got a new army and i spent all my monies uh, yeah okay. <laughs> i this ordered is, yeah. all my stuff this is this is the this is the big enchilada of the uh of the preamble ramble yeah this is this is it and this is with a little bit of a, a a sad heart because a sad heart. 
in the last episode, I talked a lot about orcs. And I got so oh. many awesome people reaching out to me and fucking making me lists and like showing how to make an awesome orc list that isn't a buttload of bodies and it looks like a ton of fun. Oh no, John. Unfortunately, I already went full ball sack. Say it ain't so. On Night Lords. And I Night am Lords Space Marines? Evil vampire space marines. Okay, okay, fine. So fine. Awesome. And I, I like, I just went knee deep in like digging for lists and what's good and what models, whatever, to play the stuff I wanted to play. I don't want to play like dumb, derpy stuff. Yeah. Um, and I got an awesome, awesome list. So I ordered everything, everything, including a bunch of other kits that I'm going to do to convert stuff. Yeah. You have some pretty cool ideas. I'm pretty excited to see it all shape up. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to do a video on like introduction to converting because, you know, I'm not a big converter i've done some basic stuff but i think there's some really important tips that we can all kind of get ourselves started in converting and so i want to do a video on me converting a big thing for this mm. army okay dreadnought oh no. no no i know what it is you know what it is it's a surprise no i will say what unit it's i'm converting it's a defiler because that is the oh. ugliest freaking crab robot thing <laughs> with just a random dude's head or uh, chest coming out of the robot in the middle thought it was a heldrake that you're gonna do i'm also i also have two heldrakes in the list Woo! and i bought a whole a flesh eater court start collecting box because <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make actual vampire dragon heldrakes yes um so that's another one I don't know exactly what I'm doing with those, but I have a really good vision, and I bought a Necrons kit for the Defiler. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I have no idea where that's going, and I saw what you bought. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. That's so that's cool. it. We're going to get in 4A. Another awesome uh, watcher sent me so kindly, and he had an extra ninth edition core rulebook, and okay. he sent that over to me. So I've been reading up the rules. Have you? And these rules are awfully familiar because they're Age of Sigmar in space. <laughs> I knew the 8th edition rules. So I knowing 8th and then reading 9th and knowing Age of Sigmar, they just have Age of Sigmar or modified this, this okay. game. Okay. But it's not like... It, like there is like a weird thing for points, isn't there? What do you mean for points? It's like power steps or power... Oh, a power level? That's, that's like their narrative version it's oh, still okay. a, it's a 2000 point army okay okay you know um their command point system is a little bit different you get a bunch more and then like armies have their own ways to use command points like they always have um but yeah like starting the game my army's got 12 command points okay That's and it's a very cp heavy army i got a lot of really awesome vampire things i can do oh like i can fucking hold on, hold on in terms of lore here are they they're not actually vampires like blood angels are actually vampires that actually drink blood. Yeah, but I am making my own lore. That's fine. Okay, cool. That's fine. People have described them as as like Batman before, like vigilante. Ooh, but they got like bat stuff. Okay, here's the thing I want to know from you. I have never. I love Night Lords. They're my favorite uh, trader chaos space marine chapter. I've read the whole ADB trilogy, which I know what you think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the words what am I saying right now uh, here's the thing about night oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fucking lightning bolts yeah I hate them yeah I've been thinking in my, in my little brain for the longest time how to make them not look stupid have you 
do, do you like them? Have you thought of a different way to do them? What are your thoughts on lightning bolts? There's, there's going to be no lightning bolts in my, no. in my <laughs> paint scheme. <laughs> okay. No. All right. It feels it feels more space Wolvian because they're so Norse and stuff, and that feels like oh, from the lightning bolts come oh, okay. from the hammers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's what it feels like should be lightning bolts, and like I don't know. I mean. Maybe I'll find some way to do it, but it's got to be more subtle. They're just very awkward and all over the place on the armor and stuff. And they're supposed to be scavengers of armor. It's like, how do the lightning bolts all get there? Oh, so you are reading some of the lore a little bit. I mean, I don't read it. Yeah, like they don't have nice stuff. They're like on the yeah. They're they're up against the ropes for sure for space marines, right? And that's that is kind of going to be my foundation. Of, of my painting with them yeah is gonna be they're gonna feel like oh you guys went to the old ye old 40k goodwill store and just <laughs> grab whatever was on the shelf yeah john's looking to dip his toes into the world of uh warhammer lore yeah and he asked me to pick out a vampire book for him and i uh i am very scared to pick one because i don't know which one's the best one I am just gonna make fun of it at every chapter, every evening. I'm gonna send you one message. I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ, this, this is dude. ridiculous. Okay, when I was a kid, I read a lot of Dragonlance books, and my fear is that there's gonna be some things in this that there was in Dragonlance. In one, it's a story that has no beginning or end, right? It's just kind of like Star Wars universe. It's like, but also, <laughs> and then this, and, and, and things don't need to make sense because I yeah. can just make up reasons why, and, and that's fine. Yeah, but like with a lot of not all Dragonlance books, but with a lot of them, they reference things you had no idea what the hell they're talking about. Okay. And so you spend a lot of time feeling that I should have read something else yeah. first, or I'm supposed to know this. But there is no, like, start here and then move through this. And so yeah. that's why I was asking you, like, is there a starter point for vampires no. that doesn't require a lot of, like, you need... It's oh. like a chicken and egg thing, yeah. you know? You, you, I had to have read this, but in order to read this, I had to read this. And it's like... I don't know. Yeah. A long time ago, uh, they used to do it where a lot of the books they had had no named characters in them. And um, so I have this book called Massacre in Marienburg, um, which is just like, it's about no one in particular. And so they can do whatever they want with the characters. They can die. And it isn't that big of a deal. It doesn't like shape how the game is supposed to be played. I noticed in Age of Sigmar, a lot of the books have named characters in them. So they have to be very strategic about how they actually lay out all the lore. But yeah, I think maybe the best one would be just doing one that doesn't have a named character in it. Because then it's just a normal story. Just a story. Just story time. Just story time. Speaking story of story time, time, that is the end of our preamble ramble. Oh, it's nice. the end of story time. It's the end of story time with Scott and John. Yeah. So I think what we do next is talk about what we painted. Yes. Uh did you paint anything? Okay, I didn't really paint anything. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest here. I have been straight chilling. Me and the uh, me and the wife went on a little vacay. Uh, got away, just me and her. Came back. I didn't paint on that, and I haven't. I've been playing. You know, I've been relaxing. But I am getting the itch, dude. Yeah, I'm getting the itch to make some videos and paint some miniatures. I felt it while I was on vacation. I was, uh, I'm very, I'm very excited. So I'm, I got the itch. I did technically paint after recording the last podcast. I finished up Conrad von Karsten, which is interesting because I just also while on vacation finished the book that is mostly about Conrad von Karsten. Oh. Um, he's crazy. Uh, he's absolutely crazy. Um, and uh, I also painted more of another vampire character, 
during our duo live stream. Duo. Which we're doing again today. Again today. Yeah. Luckily, it worked out for my wife's schedule that she can pick up my daughter after school today. Because I dropped her off before driving up here. So let's see all like six of one half dozen of the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I usually pick her up every day after school and then I go and drop her off uh, two or three days a week. So she's nice enough to, to recognize that and to let me have this. Have me have my have me have my one thing <laughs> yeah your daughter's like where's daddy she's like oh he's doing things on the internet again sweetie <laughs> yeah she wants lou wants to be on a youtube video really bad heck yeah um i have an idea is my two little nephews they're very much like my brother is is uh he's a manly man he's a woodsman he's a, <laughs> like he, i mean he's just like i go over there and he's just like out cutting down trees <laughs> and i'm like what are you cutting down trees for He's like, well, I'm making more brush piles for the for the rabbits. I'm like, okay. So then we can shoot them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so my two little nephews, and they're like uh, six and eight. Uh, they're, I mean, for Christmas, my eight-year-old nephew got a 22. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already, sh- he's like, he's out shooting stuff. And I'm like, dude, you need to not be running around with the 22. <laughs> I mean, you gotta kill somebody. Oh man, so many European people are gonna just flame us so hard in the comment section. Yeah, but I mean, that's it's it's a cultural thing. Like where we're at, it's uh you know a rural thing is you know kind of being one with nature, and by one with it, I mean you eat it all, you <laughs> <laughs> consume the world. Yeah. But both of those little little boys, they watch my YouTube videos and they want to paint. Minifigures. They call them minifigures. I'm not going to correct them yet and be like, um, actually, those are Legos. <laughs> These are not Legos. <laughs> um, but I have this idea of having all three of them at a table painting. It's going to be absolute chaos. And me trying to teach six and eight-year-olds how to paint. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if I have the if I have the strength to pull through and do that. I think you do. You need to do that. I need a second camera, though. Because I want to yeah. have an, an an overhead. You can have one of mine. Okay. Problem solved. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think we need to. Because like, there is no like multiple takes for this. It's one long oh, shot yeah, yeah, of yeah, us yeah. just doing it. Yeah. Um, and so, and until their attention span wears out. But yeah. Right. My daughter's already painted a bunch of miniatures, so she's gonna look like the pro amongst them. Heck yeah, dude. But uh, it'll be funny. I got some little cool little like chibi D and D characters. I probably have them paint. Oh, nice but, big heads. Yeah, nice big heads. Make it a little bit easier. You know, they're little kids with big heads anyway. So it's like, this is you. <laughs> this works out. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with that. But uh, what did you paint? Oh, what did I paint? I painted a Death Guard Plague Marine. Oh, man. I, I can feel seething rage coming on right now. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, Gerg the Fowl was his name in oh. the Space Marines Hero Series 3 box. And that video, as of this recording, just launched today. But if you're catching this on Monday or later on in the week, yeah, you can go find that on my channel. Um, I often find when I'm listening back to our podcast, I speak too softly and low sometimes. It's harder to hear me. So I'm going to try to speak not so like this. Okay. Okay. A little bit higher up in the register. Yeah, I need to go a little higher. A little higher for all your, your ear holes. Um, <laughs> it's going to pierce your ear holes. So I painted that like trying to copy the games workshop box art yeah using their little swatches on the back of the boxes of this is how we paint stuff yeah um that was a frustrating endeavor and i think i texted our group text a number of times at about, least three times oh how pissed i was yeah. of how much time this was taking yeah they 
short story. Watch the video for the full story. They are liars. <laughs> they are liars. But you you knew that going in. I knew going in. Yeah. And I had my kind of plan of attack because I think I know how they actually do it. But what are they liars about? Be specific. They're not liars about the actual colors on the back of the box. In fact, you're with with the base color, the shade, their highlight color, and then their edge highlight. So typically every material has four paints you're using. Those, those four paints are correct. That's exactly what they use. They don't use other colors to achieve a much higher result. So that's really cool. But what they lie about is how they actually go about achieving that final result mm -hmm. they never layer they use the word layer on the box this is the layer step there is no layering it's all glazing all i will say that i have an old heavy metal marine sorry heavy metal book where they actually describe their process in great detail and they do layer quite a bit but that this book is at least decade old if if not 15 years old so it's very possible that their their style has changed, but they do layer and they do do it uh, in like a really subtle and slow way. It's like the, it's it's like the reverse of glazing, you know, not, sure. not the reverse, but whatever you give it. I mean, um, but yeah, it's possible they changed. I and, and I have an indication. The problem that I have, and I talk about it in the episode, is that or the whatever, is that they once you do base coat and then wash, you're fucked. Because you cannot yeah. go back. Yeah. And that's why layering, I don't believe that they're using traditional layering. I don't believe they're using wash. I don't believe they wash. I think they use straight up acrylic paint. You're, for like major parts, like the armor, my armor doesn't look exactly like theirs. It looks pretty close, mm -hmm. but I did wash it. But if you didn't wash it, you would have, you would have more ability to actually do, um, do the layering and then kind of glazing between the layers to kind of even them out. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same result, right? Whether yeah. I'm doing eight layers of glaze or one layer of layer and then four layers of glaze after that to smooth the transition. It's yeah. kind of the same. Yeah, why, why are people, why are you fucked as soon as you wash the model? Because you can no longer, uh, you can no longer glaze black back down. Yeah. Because your, your base coat is now, for my situation, it was Death Guard Green with uh agrax earthshade over the top you can't fix mistakes correct you it's that it is that color yeah that's an it's a new color now it is green tinted with brown yeah. it's no longer just green and you can't like mix agrax and death guard green to make it that color either like you can but you're not going to get it exactly no it's not gonna it's not gonna look right you're gonna, gonna screw the whole thing up and it's the other big issue i have with this style is that it is so counterproductive for a style that's being advertised as the way for new painters to paint because it is so unforgiving of mistakes. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of back and forth. Yep. And if you screw up and you get some paint over that base coat plus wash, there is no way to fix it. You can, you can go back and, and touch it up with your base color and then put a little wash on top of that. And then you get coffee stains. Hmm. You know, yeah. or you can just put the base color back on and it's obvious to sticks out like a sore thumb that it doesn't have the wash like the stuff next to it. Like it's just not helpful. And so yeah. in the video I go into, if I had my own way f to tweak the Games Workshop approach for new painters, what would that be? And I'm not going to spoil that now because I want you to go watch the video. <laughs> sure. <yeah. laughs> but I have a slight tweak that I think would be much more helpful 
and it's an easy step-by-step process. Um, and I think overall it's a, it's a better approach. It wouldn't give you the exact same final uh, product, but it would be pretty close to what theirs look like. Yeah. That's cool. Some colors are easier to do than other colors. Yeah. I've discovered. I think the best one I ever did was the Blood Angel Marine. The red really worked nicely with the the whole edge highlighting and recess shading. One of the hardest ones to do was white and yellow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like when I did, they have little little pink nurglings on his base. He's got one on his shoulder and one on the base. Yeah, it's a cool and model. And they're not the, they're not painted like the typical green nurglings. They're painted like a really bright, almost pink skin tone yeah and you're going up to like a pallid witch flesh which is almost pure white in in glazing or building up slowly of colors that are so light is it's fucking hard (laughs) to make that super slow super slow and to try to not have it be grainy um yeah it's it's rough but the the more saturated your color is the the easier it is to to pull off that method so like if you did like the true ultramarines blue so much easier than trying to pull off a yellow or a white like you said Hmm. that's what i painted you got it done i got it done it looks fantastic good job yeah i think uh it felt pretty cool now i know it doesn't look exactly like theirs but at the end when i pulled up i've got a big old png of theirs zoomed in and i have mine right next to it it's pretty close. And I don't paint that style all... I mean, this is the first time I've ever painted that style. I think like if I painted like that all the time, I was more of a Darren Latham where he's just an expert in that and can then kind of adapt own additional stuff on top of that base style. I can see how you could really paint like the box art. You'd never want to do it for a full army. Yeah. See, that's the thing I, th- I thought you were going to say is that they they advertise this as a way... Not, I don't know they advertise it as a way to paint their armies, but in, in painting all of their models like this and then showing an entire army off painted in this style, it's like, you know, this is what people want to strive for for their entire armies, but they don't really know what they're getting into. Yeah. It, I mean, you could certainly do it if you were wealthy and didn't have a job <laughs> and you had a lot of motivation to paint eight, ten hours a day. <laughs> Over six months, you could paint your, your 2,000 point armory, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, Darren does it for his silver skulls, but he doesn't necessarily, like, edge highlight every single edge. But he's still, it still feels and looks like an heavy metal style. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a lot going on, I guess, with the style. Um, yeah, I've thought about it a lot. We don't need to get into that now. Yeah. We had, we had enough talking about enough talking about the things we painted. Things we painted. What do we got? We got the we have a question from one of our lovely patrons, which is one of the benefits you get for being a patron of the podcast. You can suggest topics, and the topic today has to do with army schemes, following plans, but also experimenting simultaneously. From CRN D. Okay, that's that's his name. Or that's a name. name that neither of us could pronounce. Yeah, C I A R A N space d okay crn that sounds right it's like karen no let's see cheerin siren let's not talk about this anymore crn d <laughs> we're gonna go with that that's your name now like it or not all right so it, it, the basis of his is uh topic is planning versus experimenting yeah so where do we want to start with this i think maybe maybe we start with when we're painting either a single figure or a larger army or whatever 
how much of what we do is planned and how much of we do is experimentation and uh, kind of going with the flow and on the fly. Maybe we start there. Yeah, I think also we could even back up even a little bit further and, and just ask the question or just kind of like contextualize <laughs> this problem for everyone. Sure. And so it's like you got this army, you want to make a plan for it so that it looks consistent, but also you hear on the internet all the time that experimenting is good and it, it improves your painting. So how, those two ideas seem at ends, at odds with each other. It's like, how do I simultaneously experiment and get better, but also maintain my paint plan such that my army looks consistent? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem a lot of people have to kind of think about and put, put brain time on. Or you don't think about it, and then you, you eventually will get to a point where you're like, oh, geez, I should have done something. Or now these guys don't all look the same. Um, so I think the, the thought process is important here too. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I think you and I might have different answers to this question. Um, and I don't really know where to start without just kind of like giving away the whole shebang right away. But I, obviously planning is important. Um, and I'd be curious how many of our viewers paint their entire army in one shot. What do you think? Not very many. I don't think that's normal, right, to do that. No. So you might have a plan for your army where you paint one or two units or a unit and a character and then decide that you don't necessarily like how, how, what your plan is looking like and you might modify it for a future unit and it might look slightly different. Would, would that stress you out, you think? Y yeah. It would? Yeah, it would stress me out. Okay. I'm a little bit more kind of, I don't know, anal retentive on that. I need to know that when they're all on the table together, oh, they're going to all look like they belong together and they all look uniform. Yeah. Um, but there's a fallacy in that, I've found. Yeah, um, maybe. When you put them all together and they're all painted, <clears throat> if they're not all exactly alike, they will still feel like they belong together because yeah. they'll be pretty close. Yeah. And that's all that really matters. So taking too much stress on yourself about everything being samey same is not necessary. Yeah. At least I think so. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And that that's kind of what I've come, come to discover about, I you know, I painted my wood elves. I, I, I use like this, a similar palette, but I trade out greens, say like 85% of the palette remains the same. And then I experiment with 15% of the rest of the colors. Um, so, even on my Blood Knights, I didn't paint the two units exactly the same. And I'm really curious what they're going to look like when I finally matte varnish the second one. Because it still has a gloss coat on it from the, like, the washing stage. Um, I think it's still going to look just fine. And this is, this is an idea I want to explore for a future video where I paint an entire army. And I paint each unit. Not maybe, maybe not every single unit, but a decent number of the units in different ways with different main colors. And, you know, if, if yellow is my main color for no particular reason, um, <laughs> uh, if I use different yellows, even like, you know, I got a, I got a golden yellow, I got a mustard yellow, I got a neon yellow. Like what happens? Is the army still going to look cohesive? And I feel like the answer to the question is yes. People like to see examples, right? Right. They don't want to just believe you at face value and then risk their army scheme on on your crazy ideals, right? Yeah, that I mean, the proof is in the pudding on that. Is like, yeah. can they actually see a real world example? Because 
it's funny in our hobby, especially revolving around army painting, so much stuff is hypothetical. Yes. You, yes. Because you don't know. It's like, well, I, you know, not all of us are Vinci V that have like 18 fully painted armies. So we <laughs> haven't gone through the, the motions enough times to have our own real world experience or even have somebody close to us that's like, I've done this, this, and this, and this. See, here's how it looks. This yeah. is how it is. Yeah. So it's all in your head. And the majority of things that we look at are that our examples are like, the games workshop start collecting boxes or the giant battle boxes where they're all exactly painted the same exactly. and all together. Yeah. And so that's in your head of what it needs to look like. Or if it doesn't look like that in terms of uniformity, it's not going to look, it's not going to look good. Even yeah. if you don't paint in their style. Yeah. It's just going to look bad. And I, I'm with you that the one thing we need to keep in mind with this is that we have to, um, we, we have to understand that there's some other things that we have going for us in this process in addition to the colors. I mean, not just Games Workshop armies, but any game, really. The sculptors have an aesthetic for that army. That's a good point, yeah. Right. So you always, your wood elves feel like they belong together. Yeah. Even though they don't have all the same colors on them, they still feel like they belong in the same universe. They have the same kind of visual cues. Um, they have the same kind of bits, same kind of armor, same kind of weapons, and that kind of stuff. And that will lead our eye to believe they belong together when they're next to each other. And so we have some sense of, of, a, of, of a range of how close they need to be painted for them to feel as one. Now, if one unit of, of dudes is painted bright yellow and the other dudes are painted bright red, is the majority color on them, your eye will say those colors don't belong together. They're too starkly different. Yeah. Um, but you could put a bunch of red on, on on one of those units while it still has some yellow bits on there to tie them together, and it will still look like it belongs together. So yeah. um, the planning stage um, is not... To me, it's not so much about planning to make sure my color scheme is all perfect and correct to me the planning stage the biggest value is having my steps there so i have all these models in front of me i've taken a lot of the mental work off my plate i just know when i sit down to crank out 10 of these dudes tonight or get a little bit of them done i'm not thinking about making decisions on the fly for major things that planning helped me know that okay it's this color blue for all the armor tonight, and then I'm going to do you know some black around where the armor plates meet. Okay, if I know that, I'm not having to experiment in the moment on major things. Agreed. Um, so just to summarize, uh, the first point was that consistency in your army isn't something that you should lo lose a ton of sleep over. Because like John said, they're aesthetically linked already just because of the sculpt. Um, and if you have, if you follow some really simple ideas where it's like if you have like a, a main swatch of colors and you have that appear on the model in some capacity, they'll be linked from that, that one color in, in a very, in the, in, you know, in a simplest sense, but planning and then the second point is planning is not mostly for consistency's sake, although that is a byproduct of it, but it's more for saving time while painting. You can shut your brain off and just go to town painting following the scheme that you, that you made. Yeah. So, yeah, planning is important, but maybe not the way that we're thinking we should mm. be planning. 
Um, color is important in planning, but to me, it's more about planning out my steps. Um, and so I've already started to formulate some of that with my next army, my 40K army of what are my steps. Okay. And I'm not worried about color yet. I'm just worried about how I'm going to achieve my, my final the, goal. Yeah, the approach. Yeah, and, and how I want them to look. Like in my vision in my head of how they will look, you know, beat up and used armor and and you know like they've they've been through a whole lot this is not their first go around in the battlefield that gives me a vision the color will kind of play a role into that foundation later but for starters it's about planning out how what kind of steps do i have in my toolbox to help achieve those kind of looks okay yeah um words words and phrases uh, I forgot what I wanted to say. Yeah, I just thought of something we need. We didn't talk about in the preamble ramble, so we'll talk about it quickly in the in the in the news section. I will uncork my fucking brain real quick. Yeah, I'm just I'm just using up some airtime so you can think. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about how much planning? Like when you did your oh, blood nights? Okay, yeah, how yeah, much yeah. planning do you do? Um, maybe okay. that's not what you want to talk about. No, no, that's fine. Um, so, okay. The blood Knight thing was weird because I was preparing to paint them for a video and I gave them a few shower cycle thoughts, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Let the warm air kind of massage and marinate your brain gets the, gets the blood flowing. Um, and I couldn't really figure it out. I was like, do I want to go with the typical red that blood knights are? Cause they're blood knights. <laughs> um, I really couldn't figure it out. So at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to go with red. But I'm going to give it a little bit of a twist. I'm like, it's scarlet. And so I mixed a, a magenta and a red and a one-to-one and then painted it that way. And you can't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes to show folks over planning doesn't always mean better final product. Well, I mean, Yeah. I never came to a conclusion. I had a lot of ideas in my head. Maybe I was going to paint the armor black. Maybe I was going to go with gold armor with red accents, brass armor, red accents. I was thinking maybe like a like a, a pale sage green maybe to go totally crazy. Um, I had a lot of ideas in my head. None of them really looked good when I was kind of like flipping through the Rolodex of like, you know, color, 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 color. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't working out very well. But, okay, so... We mentioned earlier how there's you know, a lot of things in this hobby are like kind of hearsay. Um, one thing that I would have considered hearsay and like not not a good use of time until I actually did it was painting test models. <laughs> so we got some on the table right now, but also I've done it before in the past where you you paint models and then you iterate on the design to make it better, make it faster. And I did it one other time with uh, with Space Marines, Space Wolf Space Marines. And the the amount that you learn from painting a test model is actually shocking. Um, and I would say if you're able to have a scheme, test it on a single model, maybe even time the steps, see what you can change and adjust, see it's like, okay, it took me 15, 20 minutes to do this one part. If I have to do 10 guys, that's a lot of minutes. Uh, can I speed this step up to make it faster to save me a lot of time in the long run? So doing that kind of like retrospection on like your paint schemes and, and making sure that your ideas are working out the way you want them to 
it's actually really valuable, I think. Um, and if you can do that with a test model, you should. And the, the great thing about that, and we're kind of leaning over to the experimentation side with this, is that you have so much more room for experimentation without the fear of like messing up your whole army as you're yeah. doing with your test model. Yes. Like I'm going to decide to shoot through the airbrush some ink down from below and see what that looks like on that green shield or that silver shield to add some color depth. Does, do I like that? Mm. Oh, would it be cooler if it was a different color or should I add another one from another angle? Um, you can do that experimentation without having planned out the experimentation, just kind of in the moment I want to mess with something and try try a new approach on it. And if I really like how it turned out, then it becomes part of the plan. Mm. Then it becomes a step. And through the repetition of using it through across the whole army, you're getting more reps with it and makes you better at doing that. Whether yeah. it's controlled sh little shots with your, your airbrush, mm -hmm. thinning ink to the right consistency, whether it's trying to do OSL on just like all the gems. I really liked how I did this green OSL. Um, like that's how it came to pass on my, um, my OBR army that I did in that video. In my test model, I got it done and there wasn't a, a, a nice little interesting pop feature to the models. Like they, they just kind of felt like skeletons. They looked pretty cool, but there's nothing really that caught my eye at five feet away. And so that's where I decided I'm going to experiment. I'm going to put a, a nice thick coat of white over this gem and I'm going to shoot, shoot it with that neon green um, fluo paint through an airbrush and boom, suddenly there was a little pop of interest that grabbed your attention. And after that experimentation, it became easy to then implement that as kind of a final step across all models. Each model's got some bit characters have a larger section of glowing things. So you draw more eyes to the characters. And then all the little foot troops, they just have some little bits of it. So it brings them all together, but it draws the eye. It was an experimentation and it worked. There was experimentation I did on a test model that I didn't like how it turned out. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I'm not going to reproduce that. And so you, you take a lot of stress off through experimentation and through trying new things. So, yeah. I think uh, I'm trying to think about what people might, might might be saying to this. And it's like, when we come to do these experimenting models, I feel like we have a good idea about what we want the general model to look like. Right? Yeah. So I'm not still deciding if I want this to be red or blue or green. It's like, okay, I now want it to be silver. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know I want the, the army to be silver. And it's like, how do you do that experimentation beforehand without, you know, like... Uh, like kind of messing it up because I, I understand like if you are painting test models you want to be able to use the test models in your army and have them kind of like sneak in without you know without getting like bullied out by like the the you know words yeah the, you know what I'm saying <laughs> especially if your test model is, is something that's in a unit of 10 20 30 <laughs> dudes like when you put those all on the table it's going to take you a while to find that one more than likely let alone somebody else yeah it's like where'd mustard man come from <laughs> so to, to answer that question how do you how do you kind of come to like the final decision of like ultimately what color you want your model to be there's a lot of ways to do it like the, the the honest to god answer in my head is i just think about what the model looks like with the color on it in my head while i'm taking a shower literally um but also you can do it in photoshop or in gimp if you want to use photoshop you can just take a a picture of the model make it black and white and then just put translucent color layers on top of it to see what it looks like and then just like 
swap it out and just see what it could look like. You could print it out. You could draw on it with crayon, with colored pencil, mm. all kinds of stuff to kind of just come to that first, that most important decision about what color you want to be ultimately. Or you could just paint it. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is if you just paint it, it just sucks if you have to repaint it to make it you know belong in your army. You just prime over it again. You're not painting with thick paint. Yeah. You know, I mean, I... It comes down to time too, right? The amount of time that would take you that's true, that's to, true. to fiddle with all of that stuff. Now, if you're more technologically advanced and you could do it in twice the speed, maybe it's it's better. But it still is not as accurate as this is the green I'm thinking. Let me put it on all of its armor. That's that's very like true. It. That's very true. But you know, if you have no clue and you're like, I think I want to just like run through like eight, ten, twelve colors, your approach is better. Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe. But if you're just like I don't know if I want to do this green or this green. Just put them on there and you'll know. Yeah. You'll know. So like, yeah, you could do the whole Photoshop thing. I would never do that. I would never do Photoshop. I would never do color pencils. I would just think about it in my head Mm -hmm. uh, because I ain't got time for that. (laughs) Um, But I was just kind of, yeah, I was offering it as an option, but it probably isn't a good options are good. And some things will, some things will resonate more with some people, even if they don't resonate with us. So if we think of them, that's why we're here. That's why we're I know. virtual hobby friends. But like, I just want to be clear about what I would do, and I would not do what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but if you want it, it's there, I guess. Scott is actually my test green model today. I painted him all in green from head to toe. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm like camouflaged. Yeah. You, can't, you know, I came in the house this morning, said hi to the dogs, and I was like, where's Scott? I can't see him. He's, he's a fucking human green screen. <laughs> I'm a green bean. <laughs> he's a green bean man. <laughs> Dude, that's gonna be the that's gonna be track three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that. That's what I mentioned earlier that we forgot to talk about. So we'll talk about it in the news. We can talk about that's it. fucking news. Yeah, the fucking rap album, fucking Green Bean Man is gonna be <laughs> Green Bean Man. Green Bean Man's gonna be track three. He's a Green Bean Man. I've uh, I've made a lot of music in uh, in high school like there was always like a homework assignment that involved making a song as the assignment i don't know why but what ultimately ended up happening is i walked away from high school with uh, like an eight track album <laughs> of just really <laughs> shitty music that i made uh, george washington cover exactly. he saved us all yeah. this is what he did with that's exactly what it was i had a song about apostrophes to the tune of the fucking spider-man theme song so it was like apostrophe apostrophe something about grammatical rules you know it went on like that so a lot of shit like that i think there was (laughs) there's one uh to the tune of jump in the fire by metallica and it is a biology song called jump in the membrane oh my um there is uh one by a band called realm called by to the tune of slay the oppressor but it's called slay julius caesar and it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's for english class you're like you're like the high school weird al yankovic <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah exactly uh so yeah that was yeah i got if, if you want the scott high school a track album let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll put it on spotify <laughs> None of that stuff's recorded, is it? It is. Yeah, I got a couple. Holy crap. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's so many. I have one. <laughs> uh, what's the song? It's called Free Fallen, right? Yeah, yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that for physics about gravity. Oh, Jesus. Right on the nose of that I know. One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, 
another way to experiment while also working within the confines of a color scheme for an army is with characters. Yes. It's kind of an obvious one. Yes, I was going here too. Yeah. So Did you rip ass? It's stinky right now. No, no, definitely not. You're probably dog around here somewhere. You're probably gassing yourself right now, honestly. (laughs) Um so your characters can look so different than your normal dudes, and as long as you have like like the main color on them and you know, in some way, they will look like they belong because they, their, their job is kind of to stand out yeah. and so you can experiment in big ways you can make them look better you can try more advanced uh, techniques great way to experiment and uh have it uh not make your army look silly that's uh, i mean a really good point there oh, i'm messing with magnets um <laughs> whoop, whoop, watch <laughs> out for the magnets um a good point there is when we talk when i was talking about experimenting early and i said experimenting with things like osl or things like uh shooting ink through an airbrush to get some color interest that's experimenting to find out what you like it's doesn't necessarily tie into experimenting to become a better painter Mm, yeah some of that may happen like getting better at doing osl in a quick way through an airbrush that's absolutely true but in terms of technique and kind of flexing your painting muscle and trying to grow that muscle Mm. characters are a great way to do that And it's not only just through colors, but it's through... uh, This one is going to be just... This character is going to be better painted. I'm going to wet blend all the base coats for him. And I'm not going to do that for the 40 dudes that are following him. But he's going to stand out. He'll still look like he belongs. But I'm going to practice techniques I'm not super experienced with. And that is where I'm experimenting as a painter, not about experimenting for my army scheme. Yeah, and this might actually end up in you having a character that looks worse than your dudes. Um, and that's that's a reality that I want to touch on right now, is that at least when I was painting my armies for the first time, there wasn't a sense of, I'm going to paint this worse than I'm able to paint. It was just, I'm going to paint this how I paint everything. Sure. I know one quality level and that's it. Sure. And I got to imagine that's the case for a lot of people. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to paint this thing using the basic techniques that I'm most comfortable with. And then, oh, okay, you're joining the hood club. Yeah, <laughs> you, you look, look like, really cool. You look like a Teletubby because, like, <laughs> the sides of your head are so big, but I can't see why when you're this little, this okay. little, this, like, you know, face cut away. Okay, yeah, anyways. Pull these, dude, pull these. Oh, shit, yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking Teletubby mode, bro. Okay. You're the green tubs, I'm the black tubs. <laughs> Is there a black one? No. <laughs> he's the evil one, dude? Yeah, he's the one that lives down in the cave. <laughs> They never invite me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what were we saying? Doesn't matter. Uh, your char- your character <laughs> your characters can sometimes look worse than your other. Oh dudes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to like come up with you know some like kind words, but it's okay. I mean, it's it you know it's, it's kind of a reality that you just may- maybe have to be aware of. If you've never wet blended it before, and you try it on your character, it's gonna like tits it's gonna look bad okay and that's fine that's fine that's it, normal to have something look bad especially if it's the first time you're trying like a, a complicated technique um just be aware of that we're not helping them feel comfortable with experimenting scott when we tell them it's gonna look like tits i mean i think tits, tits is like is a, a good, good thing. thing yeah no yeah. bad thing it's like ass yeah <laughs> a different body part <laughs> that means something else yeah uh it's gonna i mean can we just be real it's gonna look bad why, why wouldn't it sure yeah. yeah, but that's that's the part of learning, and the point of experimenting is to learn, and it's gonna look bad no matter what you paint it on. So might as well be on something that you're actually going to 
use at the table if you want to finish this army. And it's one dude, right? It's the hero. It's not like, well, I wet blended this whole unit of 40 skinks. And I know they look terrible, but that's okay. I'll repaint them later. You're never going to repaint the 40 skinks later. But it's not that hard to say like, uh, six months from now, I'm just going to prime over the whole dude again and do it again now that I've got more practice. That's a lot more achievable when it's one, one thing. Would you say like you'd prefer to learn new techniques on a model like Teclas as opposed to his, uh, sorry, a model like Tyrion as opposed to like Teclas? You know what I mean? So like a huge ass model like Ilariel the Ever Queen versus like a smaller character. I'd probably do smaller character just because from a monetary standpoint she's so expensive i don't want to screw that one up oh you have that feeling yeah that's a feeling a lot of people say that that, I, that doesn't register in my brain is that this model costs a lot i have to paint it well i don't feel yeah. that i totally have that with catacross like he is the 95 dollar model and so i haven't painted him because i specifically like not even consciously i think i think i just put him off because it's an extra hill of pressure because of the cost involved yeah whether it's the 30 dollar smaller hero dude it's just one you can get it done quicker so you don't feel so overwhelmed that's yes of the size yes i would definitely do a smaller one plus it's smaller so your goof ups are harder to see exactly (laughs) yes i agree save your no i don't want to say that i was about to say save your big guy for the for the end i hate that idea where it's like i can only paint this model when i'm ready to paint it it's like dude no dude you're gonna love it you're gonna love it like in my opinion if you put effort in and you know you put effort in and you know you didn't phone it in like you're gonna love the model even if it looks bad yeah. and maybe that's just me being like you know uh overly positive but that's that's how i felt about all my models when i painted them when i was a shit painter i loved them all yeah it's the thing is is if you feel that way <laughs> your final product is going to impress you how much better it looks than what in your head you had this gloom and doom opinion of it. And it doesn't mean it's going to look amazing, but it's going to look better than what you're fearing. It's, it's going to look. Yeah. Plus when you do that, you put more pressure on yourself and that's not a bad thing in painting, (laughs) putting pressure on yourself and forcing yourself to act will will become a habit if you make a habit of that i can't even move my fucking neck in this thing i gotta move my whole shoulders <laughs> if you make a habit of feeling pressure and working through it that suddenly becomes something you can gain momentum at and that's a really good thing with painting if you have if you meet resistance and so you just don't do it you're going to continue down that road yeah yeah you're right you're right so it's okay to to go and do that yeah, dude. Maybe I should have brought Catacross today to paint on stream. Break, break through. Break through the pressure. Master the pressure. Paint that giant-ass model. Who cares if it doesn't look like the fucking box art? You're going to love it because you spent 30 hours painting it. Yeah. And, and mentally, it is impossible. You know, it's kind of like children. From a, from a third, How is it like children? From a third-party perspective, who the fuck would ever want to have kids? They're nightmares. But, but... As a parent, who I am not a parent, but I have, I'm a parent of dogs. This is a great sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Are you like, choking yourself over there with your sweater tricks? But when you put a ton of work into something, you love it. 
yeah. like irregardless of what it treats you like which, which is kids that don't i mean they're not they're not great, nice people because they're not people yet you know what i mean i'm not a parent i don't know if i can say any of this without incurring some kind of wrath from some like angry yeah. mom or dad but it's like you love it just because you put love and energy and work into it and the same yeah. is true for a model it's to, but to a much lesser degree <laughs> a much lesser so basically having kids and painting models is the same thing yeah you know if you can paint if you can paint a giant model you can have a child <laughs> that's the checklist <laughs> sweetie we're ready for kids <laughs> yes i painted my archaea I st- <laughs> yeah no, you, the bigger the model the more prepared you are i stand by that statement i mean it's a it's a bold statement and i think it's totally justifiable okay thank you yeah. thank you well, what's your teletubby name are you like sin <laughs> the black teletubby <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, it's spelled S I N N, sin. Oh yeah, it's because it's like cool. You got because sin is bad, so he's sin bad. Oh, mm. I like that cartoon, by the way. Sinbad, yeah, adventure or something. I don't know what it is, but it's a cool movie. I just remember when I hear Sinbad, I think of Sinbad the the uh, comedian, and that's not as funny. <laughs> um, I actually don't know who that is. You don't know who Sinbad is? No. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm actually not going to give you shit for that because it's like, uh, yeah, you're better off. <laughs> we we alluded to a rap stuff, so and then we just completely jumped away from it. We're going to talk about it in the in the news for the full deets if you don't know what we're referring to. But I'll just mention that again. Yeah, why'd you mention that again? Just to make this even more of a train wreck. Yeah, to make to make this even harder for Amber to edit. Amber, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, don't edit any of this. Yeah, this is it's trash. just going to be harder for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what we're talking about. Do you have anything else to say about painting armies whilst experimenting with the schemes? With the schemes. All right. Uh, me and John can't think of anything else with our brain warmers on right now. Yeah. it's getting, We're overheating the old hard drives. <laughs> uh, we need some coolie fans to come in through our ears. Yes. Push that out. I, I think... To me, the the big takeaways from this conversation, and this is good because I'm actually putting some thought into this that I'm going to be applying very soon for another army, um, maybe two armies. Oh, Whoa! Boy. Oh boy! Oh, is that is that a reference to the, the news section? Yeah, it's a reference to the news section. Hell it's coming yeah, up, brother. Um, is that like over planning and overthinking and worrying so much about color, um, and and everything looking so samey same is something you shouldn't let hold you back and there's a lot of room for having fun with painting your army that doesn't need to all feel like it fits in step with each other yeah you know i think that's the biggest takeaway is experiment while you're painting and it'll happen more naturally as long as i know that i have a basic direction with my plan that that keeps me going to me the whole point of a plan is to keep me on track and to keep me on track means I get this stuff painted. Whatever deadline you set for yourself. And you should because that will hold you to consistency. Um, you see all the time, all the time in our Facebook group, elsewhere on the internet, on you know Instagram and, and Discord and all that kind of stuff of people saying, just coming back into the hobby after two months of not painting. I'm super excited again. And I don't want folks to go through that. You know, If life happens and you can't paint for two months, don't feel bad. But having some kind of commitment to yourself in an army is a great way to hold yourself accountable because you can see in the end of the rainbow what that cool final product will be. 
will will help you from falling off the wagon. <laughs> we need y'all on this wagon, right? We need a weighty wagon. Yeah, we're gonna go along a really steep mountain cliff, right? Yeah, yeah. And for us to not all fall off the cliff into oblivion, we need a lot of weight to yeah. keep it grounded. Yeah, I want that mumps. Yeah, mumps, measles. You, oh, this is the Oregon Syphilis. Trail yeah, yeah. reference? Whenever okay. I hear trail, I think of a wagon, and I just think of Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. You know, this is like a big like vampire castle on the top of a mountain, and there's this, this windy road that goes all the way down the mountain with a sheer cliff edge right next to it. Right. And you're trying to escape the vampire's lair on this little wagon with a mule that's carrying it, right? It's yeah. full of hay, Yeah, you know, because that's oh, what yeah. they have in the yeah. courtyard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you dumped in. You got in there. Hey. See, this is the exit thing you know it brought it brought humans in so that people so that they could like you know feast on their fucking blood then you kind of jumped in and kind of you're on the exit path right. yeah and you're this is a jailbreak yeah so you're all with us with this jailbreak yeah. we all need to be in this car we're all in the hay yeah we're in the hay hiding yeah you know like hobbits and barrels and shit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. but we need to stay on this because we're going to be going 80 down this narrow track yeah and we we're not to, driving though we're not driving we're no. putting our faith in this driver yeah no the mule the mule knows the way down there's no driver no driver I, just, just mule. Oh, it's just a mule. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you, like, you you take a torch and you you put it on its butt and it goes, and then yeah. it goes. Yeah, and no one knows what the deal is. Like, no one knows why this thing is going down this winding road with no with no driver. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. All the minions of the vampire are completely unaware. Yeah, like, this is normal for this thing to drop people off, the, for the rider to get out, and for the whole assembly to leave. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's why we got to go fast, because they're going to catch on. Yeah. <laughs> but we all need to stay on the wagon. Otherwise, we're all going off. Yeah. So if you stop painting, we're all dead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so don't stop painting. Don't stop painting. I don't want to die. Remember when I say subscribe or die? <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all die, people. <laughs> okay. Out of the news. <laughs> It's John, like, it's like a fever dream of an episode. I, no, I love, I love it when we do things like that. I love us. Okay, <laughs> uh, John spoke something into existence. So essentially, he's a god. Yeah, yeah. and uh, well, you know, um, he uh, he mentioned a little rap song mm-hmm. in last episode. Yeah, Vincey V, the Technomancer, the Technomancer, and then Vincey V took your bar in <laughs> in that episode and then did a little remix on it and turned it into a real song and he made a video and put it on the interweb see i can't believe you actually published that to his channel that was the best part yeah i thought i was just gonna be like an unlisted video and i was gonna share it on my community and whatever and you know people would either get it or they wouldn't get it um and it got like five thousand views in like two hours i'm like <laughs> oh no yeah, like he actually published it and i was like holy shit yeah. love this yeah, so uh, so I've been like, you know, in my free time, in my in my poop time, in my shower time. Okay, I'm a, I'm a thinking of lines. You know, I haven't written anything down yet, but we need to make the technomancer that is Vinci V a, a real a real song okay. someday. Okay, maybe not someday soon. Okay. When you least expect it. Okay, when it's f- officially left your brain matter and you no longer realize it's a thing. It's when the full track's gonna hit. Yeah, it's gonna blow your mind. It's gonna be the hidden track on the. On the on the Miniac High School right, right, eight right. track album, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to listen to the eighth track for like thirty minutes, and then at the thirty minute mark, then the Vinci V Technomancer song will start. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like uh, that's like the Green Day Dookie album. 
at the last song is actually like uh, 30 minutes long. Yeah. And you got to listen to silence for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you get to it. Yes, exactly. Or Antichrist Superstar. It actually has 99 tracks on that CD. <laughs> and uh, so it's like 18 regular tracks. And then you got to click all the way through to track 99 is the secret track. Mm. There's something similar in the reason why I mentioned it was in the uh, Blind Guardian album. Twist of the Myth, the last song goes on forever, and then it's like an interview with all the dudes and all their wonderful German accents. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. But. <laughs> all right. Uh, on to the actual fucking news. So we have one news item today because the news item that surpasses all other news items, there can be no other news items when this news item exists. Vampires! Woo! Blah. Okay. I don't say blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, uh, there are two vampire things that got leaked, 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 but then it became, it became an actual announcement recently. Uh, one new vampire army called soul blade grave Lords, grave Lords. And two, a new oh my God. Underworlds, underworlds team. And, so there's two new characters, both females. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of the second one. The first one's also cool. I just like the second one more. Yeah. You feel the same way? Yeah. I really like the armor in the first one. The hair with the bats uh, is probably got to go. But uh, <laughs> but otherwise, I like that too. Also, a giant shield on vampires. I like my vampires to be a little bit more elegant. Okay. They don't need, Fair. A, they don't need a giant shield. Fair. But um, it's one of those things too. You see a 2D picture of something and the angle might not be like the best angle of how that model actually looks. Yeah. What they give you is not necessarily um, the optimal viewing angle and seeing it three dimensions. I've seen so many models. There's like, I see a picture. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then actually see it and hold it like, whoa, this is a cool model. Yeah. So wait for that sweet 3D view, 360 view on Mm. Games Workshop's page. So this is being recorded on on Friday. Tomorrow morning is the big Games Workshop reveal. Yes. And I have a feeling we're going to see more. Uh, hopefully a lot more. Yes. Um, not, not all of it, though. Not all of it. But my reasoning behind thinking there's going to be a lot more, and I don't want to spend very much time in speculation because by the time you see this, you will have known if you care, is that from a marketing perspective, you don't show... You don't show the full ball sack up front. Like you don't show us two models and then tomorrow the reveal is that you know Soul Blight Grave Lords are coming. They just show that same model and they say and we're getting the new uh Underworld's vampire team and they show the full vampire team. Yeah, that'd be sad. That's not an that you, you have to have a teaser or a carrot, but it has to be um the the payoff has to be there too. The only way that I could see that outcome happening for tomorrow would be if they truly didn't have control over the fact that someone leaked the Lumineth and the first vampire. That that really was not something they had planned for, and that was what they were going to show. But Hmm. I am so highly suspect for how consistency or consistently these leaks happen with potato picks of stuff that then comes right out. I mean... Conspiracy theory, they have full control over the stuff that comes out to build their own hype. Hmm. I don't know if they have a 
they have somebody that that's an interesting idea yeah either they're they're purposely themselves putting it out or more than that it's like here send this to somebody and be like hey you know if this makes its way out on tuesday this week it's you know it's not the end of the world Like it's building their own hype train. They are yeah. nothing but profiting from this stuff coming out. And it always comes out at a very specific time. We don't get these potato picks three months before a reveal. Conveniently, it's the same week as the reveal. Huh. How does that happen? Yeah. And also it's like the article is like prepared with like a potato and like a lens attached to it mm-hmm. for that article. Yeah. Interesting. I never really gave it that much thought, but you might be onto something there. Yeah. It's this. It's happened like a half a dozen times or more that this exact thing has happened with okay. blurry picks right before reveal, and they, they that builds the hype, and it doesn't make it feel like they're the ones that are always pushing things in a kind of a systematic way. Yeah. To get bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah. People think that you're seeing something you're not supposed to see. Yeah. And it just makes it all the more enticing. It's like, oh, look at this thing. I can't even really tell where the face is, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know what the face was until we actually saw a real picture on that first vampire. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of questions about like what my opinions were of it. And I assume you got a lot too, both mm-hmm. being big vampire lovers. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of uh, reserving my opinion until I see the whole thing. I think that's really going to reveal itself uh, when we see the whole army. But obviously, I like it. It's a it's a GW vampire, and that's like really my first exposure to, to vampires. Well, it wasn't, but you know, my first long-term, real big exposure to vampires was, was in Games Workshop lore. So I'm excited to see it. There is... I mean, there's a 99.9% chance I'm going to buy this army. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, unless something terrible happens. Like, it's kind of a new iteration, the new rules for the army you have, too. Yeah. That's the thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And, man, I swear to fucking God, if they make a new kit for Blood Knights, I already complained about this to, to you, but, like, <laughs> that kit is, like, I don't know, it's, like, 18 years old. It's, like, it's like 15 to 18 years old, somewhere in there. I made convers- 10 models, 10 conversions less than a year ago mm-hmm. if we get f- a fucking new blood knight kit i'm gonna be so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so sad and happy at the same time it's gonna be the right. weirdest feeling ever right i think both of us are kind of like nostradamus in this yours mm-hmm. is a little bit more more of a slow burn <laughs> and mine was a, mine was a very immediate repercussion for my actions <laughs> so yours was you did a thing because you really wanted to play this army for a long time and there was no vision of the future where it was going to be redone yeah it was like yeah i was like they're never going to do vampires because like vampires are too generic in fantasy yeah but they're also freaking loved so they were like yeah well we like money so (laughs) (laughs) um so you did that slow burn and then my uh connection to this was the day that i spent a buttload of money on making that giant order for all of my um 40k army that later that morning seriously this announced oh my god that first vampire drop oh my gosh so it's like games workshop's like hey see you like spending a whole bunch of money this morning let's just uh <laughs> double down <laughs> uh, i'm that's, gonna be broke that's so unfortunate also you have like a full obr full night hot army because you're trying to scratch that death itch but then the yeah. real thing comes along. <laughs> the real thing that I've always wanted and then wouldn't have to like settle for other things. I do think as the word grave lord is implied that you're going to be able to play skeleton warriors. 
You can be able to play zombies, direwolves, whatever. Yeah. I really hope we get a new zombie kit. Because those yeah. zombies are so fucking old and derpy as hell. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, back when I started Age of Sigmar was shortly after the the box set for 8th edition came out, or right when that came out, um, 8th edition 40K, and I bought up, I probably have like 80 Poxwalkers, and I converted Poxwalkers, That's took all their version. guns and stuff out, made yeah. them look yeah. like zombies because I wanted cool zombies. I would love freaking awesome vampires with a couple of awesome elite things and then just 80 zombies. Good luck, bro. Good luck, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to swarm the board and you're going to kill them and they're going to keep coming back. Dude, yes. I uh I'm I assume we're going to get a blood knight kit. I assume that it's going to be a dual kit, meaning you can make two different units from it. Oh. So like two I different like types too. of mounted vampire cavalry. But I would cream if there was another vampire unit, like a foot soldier kind of thing. Yeah. Like I would love that. Um, dude, I cannot, I cannot wait. I'm going to buy the shit out of these models, even if they look like trash. Um, Max Fly, uh, I don't know how, how his last name is pronounced, but he, he's the guy who was, who was overlooking the, the creation of this new vampire army. Uh, and he messaged me asking me what I thought. And then he, he kind of alluded to Saturday. So I'm going to live stream my reaction to what's being shown. I'm pretty sure they're going to show more Gravelord stuff, not just the Underworld stuff. Mm. But not all of the Gravelord stuff. That was the impression I got from Max. Um, Can you um, do it dressed as a Teletubby again? Yeah. Oh, I, someone's, uh, I should dress as like Dracula. <laughs> or, or, or like Nosferatu. Get like a little bald cap on. And then, like, oh, yeah. Cast some shadows. Do you have vampire fangs? Uh, I don't actually. Oh, I have a set. I have like movie prop vampire fangs. Like oh, when like, I was like in my early 20s, I bought them. Uh, they were like a lot of money. They yeah. Like, do they oh. fit onto your teeth? Do yeah. They? They're caps. Yeah. They were like 150 bucks. Did you get them fit to your teeth or no? They but there was there was a variety of sizes and they had you like measure. Okay. And they did that. So nice. yeah, they're just like nice. Stick up there. So yeah, I have to do that. Yeah, I've watched some videos about how to make some fake vampire teeth. Oh, is it <laughs> tissue paper and paper mache? <laughs> no, using like uh like food safe mold making material so that you can get like the imprint of your teeth. Oh. And then fit teeth that like actually fit on top of them to make them like long and pointy. They look like they're, they're actually a part of your teeth. This is not part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One <laughs> final thing about this news segment yeah, yeah, yeah. is that in our, our little uh, four horsemen group chat, it appears that all four of the horsemen being yourself, myself, Vincey self, yes. and Sam Lenz's self, yes. there's a good chance all four of us are buying and playing this army. Oh yeah, really? I, Vince. You think Vince is gonna play vampires? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He oh, likes, he likes yeah. elegance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's he's in, and I was not not necessarily surprised, but uh, how excited Sam was too um, for this vampire army. So I really want to see the day where all four of this have this army built and painted and on the same table, and just see how different they they look. Yeah, dude. That will be so cool. And if we lived in a world where all of us could just do this all day, every day, it would be the coolest video like collaboration. Four dudes do the same thing, but differently. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, that'd be super cool. I'd love it uh, 
if there were like like there have always been bloodlines in the vampire army. So like you always had like the combaty one, the magicy one, the beguiling sexy one, and then like the Bastille one. It'd be cool if like we all picked a different bloodline mm-hmm. and had like a different theme to it. I don't yeah. know if they're gonna do the same thing. They kind of the same thing with uh with the Legions of the Gash. You have the Legion of Blood, Legion of Night, Legion of Sacrament. Yes. And then there's the there isn't a fourth one. There's it's the Grand Host of Nagash. Grand Host of Nagash. Okay, okay. So yeah, they have they have kind of a kind of a similar thing, but I don't know if they're gonna do it again for this army. I'm very excited though. Very excited. Much excited. Much excited. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Okay, that's all of our news. Or Welcome or lunch to the end of the podcast, where Scott has been kicked off the island, the Love Island. Yeah, Love Island. All right, if you like this podcast. Which, why, how couldn't you? Yeah, you, if you've made it this far, you surely do. Surely you do. Surely you do. There are many ways to support it. Some freeways are, you could, like, not the driving ones. No, you don't, you don't drive freeways. on these freeways. These no. are freeways to support the podcast. Okay, yeah. You can <clears throat> uh, watch our podcast <laughs> whitelisted, meaning that you watch it with the ads enabled. There are some add-ons on Google Chrome that allow you to whitelist YouTube channels. We play three ads a video. You can watch it. Help us out that way. Uh, other ways, you can tell your nerd friends about us, John. Yeah, tell your nerd friends. Tell them that they need to subscribe or you'll never be their friend again. Tell tell your nerd friends to tell their nerd friends. Yeah. This is a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. You guys are on to us. I just let the cat out of the bag. Okay, other non-free ways, if you want to spend your hard-earned shickles. Yep, all those shickles. Spelled with an I. Um. <laughs> That might be a reference no one understands. Uh, if you want to understand jokes, <laughs> you get access to the extended version of the podcast, wherein John and I talk about some extra bits. Those extra bits are new things that John and I have tried in the hobby, experimented with, and, and failed, learned lessons from. We talk about models that we like from other painters in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, mine was from Francesco Farabi, and John was from uh, In the Middle FF. That's an Instagram account name. Um, we also give feedback to one of our uh, viewers. And so obviously as a patron, you can submit your models to be uh, critiqued by John and I live in an episode. And finally, you also can submit topics for us to discuss. This week was a user submitted topic. Syrian D. Syrian D. Who is a patron and submitted a great topic. And so that was today's topic. And if you didn't like it, then find him and yell at him. Yeah, it's his fault. It's all his fault. Not yeah, us at all. No, he was, he was here whispering in our ears. Yeah, we pass all the blame. And take all the credit. Yeah. Yeah. In general, in life all the time. Yes. <sighs> Why would the podcast be any different? Yeah. So I think that's about all the ways. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... You yeah. need to go back to I'm, bed. I'm going to go take a nap. No, you're going to eat some chicken. Mm. We didn't say tendies once this entire episode, and or I just ruined potatoes. it. potatoes. Mean potatoes. But... No, we said it. There we go. There we go. So... Thank you all, all you goody peepees out there (laughs) for hanging out for another episode. And until next time, when we catch you on the Flippity Floor.